Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, June 24th, 2022. And these are the top true crime stories from around the world. Brought to you by me, James Renner. Ding! I thought about skipping this story that I'm going to talk about at the top of the show. Because of all the drama surrounding it. But it... The more I thought about doing that, the more it felt like a cop-out, and more it felt like me being scared of it. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about it. It is, for anybody that's involved in true crime, it's a little inside baseball, but it's been all over the social stratosphere this week. I'm talking about the allegations uh, against the true crime celebrity known as Billy Jensen. He's a uh, true crime journalist and uh, co-authored the book I'll Be Gone in the Dark, helped finish that book along with other people. But that's that's kind of how he came to fame, and he had a podcast called The Murder Squad. You might have met him at CrimeCon. Uh, let me back up a little bit. And talk about how all this started. Kind of begins... There were rumors bubbling up. Even back to CrimeCon at the end of April. But it it really gets kicking May 20th. That's when the Exactly Right Network. And that's a network of podcasts that's run by Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. They're the host of My Favorite Murder. Exactly Right drops... The Murder Squad. And everybody is like freaking out. What happened to the Murder Squad? Why'd they drop it? Rumor starts percolating on uh, social media that this was related to allegations of sexual harassment against Billy Jensen. 
The next big thing that happens is this podcast host, Celine Beth Calderon, goes on social media, says she's been deposed in a lawsuit related to Exactly Right and Billy Jensen. Other posts come out by other people and specifically say that these are some this this lawsuit is somehow related to a sexual harassment claim against Billy Jensen that was apparently settled in mediation prior to or around the time that the murder squad was dropped. The next big piece of this is when podcaster Jen Tisdale came out and said that she was deposed too. And she also alleges that she was slapped by Billy Jensen while in his hotel room. There was a consensual sexual encounter. Billy has denied that in a statement, by the way, denies the slap. After that, all all hell broke loose. Paul Haynes, Paul Holes, Pat Oswald, they all voiced their opinions or distanced themselves from him. Patton, people noticed, stopped following Billy Jensen. That's a big deal nowadays, I guess, when people stop following you. I've seen spam accounts and, and, and accounts with three or four followers tagging Billy Jensen in Georgia and Exactly Right and Billy Jensen's publisher on some of these tweets about these allegations. And then everyone with the podcast started releasing official statements on social media, like uh, as if they're Warner Brothers being forced to address the Ezra Miller debacle or something. Um, Some of these podcasts maybe make $300 off Blue Apron ads, but are releasing official <laughs> official statements. Uh, you want to hear my opinion? My opinion is we shouldn't have an opinion. None of us. None of us. We were not there. We have no idea what happened. Uh, if you have a dispute, take it to court. Court's a nice, logical place where they sort through evidence and get to the fact of the matter or or where something can be worked out. So take it to the courts or, or Thunderdome. Don't try this case on Twitter or social media. What I'm wondering here, and, and first of all, let me say this is really a weird thing to be talking about because personally... I like every single person involved in this thing that's happening. I like Jen Tisdale. I like Celine Beth. They do great work. Awesome work. I like Paul Haynes, who worked with Billy Jensen on that that book, by the way. I really like Paul Holes. I I love what he's done, especially in the uh, Golden State Killer case. I've met him. He's a great guy. Georgia. Karen. Patrick Hines of the Obsessed Network put out a uh, a statement. I, I consider Patrick a friend. I, you know, I don't know if the feeling's mutual, but he's a great guy. Uh, and I certainly consider Billy Jensen a friend. I've known him for years. He's a great journalist. And no matter what happened there, 
he'll remain my friend as long as he wants to. Why? Because he's fucking fascinating. He's a good storyteller. He's a crime fighter. And he's had adventures. He's seen the world. And I like talking to people like that. I like getting to know people like that. People that are curious and that want to find out the mysteries in life. I'm wondering what these people that are piling on on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit, especially Reddit where you can be 100% anonymous, what do they want? What do these people want that are tagging Billy Jensen's publisher and his podcast network? We know what they want. They won't say it, though. And, and we, we don't say it. What they want, the only thing that they want, is uh, they want Billy to kill himself. That's, in fact, the only way these people will move on. Because they don't offer him any other way out. What's the out for Billy Jensen right now? Is it killing his podcast? Done. That's happened. Is it fucking up his book? Done. They did that. An apology? You think these people will step away with a simple apology? Mm -mm. These people on Twitter that are attacking and, and tweeting and tagging these people, they want him to stick a gun in his mouth and pull the trigger. Otherwise, they'd give him an out. And, and nobody, nobody's doing that. And we don't know what happened. The people that know what happened were in that hotel room. And at the conferences and at these dinners, wherever this happened, none of us do. We don't deserve an opinion here. We simply, we don't. And it's very, it's very, very sad. It makes me think, look, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. Uh, even though I was raised in the Catholic Church, I'm not religious so much. Uh, I believe in a higher power. More that's like the universe itself and in, in that there's some sort of order, some sort of blueprint to it. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in original sin or any of that. But when I was in preschool, I was in a Christian preschool. And something... One of the, one of the women that was running the preschool told us something. I, could have, I couldn't have been more than four years old. And it stuck with me. And it's something I think about at least every week. Not every day. Not, not that often. But it's something at least once a week I find myself thinking about this. She told us the story about uh, Jesus hanging on the cross. And the story was about the, the men on the crosses next to Jesus. We don't hear about them too often. But they were these bad guys. They were thieves. And one one of these one of these guys was kind of taunting Jesus. The other one was like, "Well, you know, can't I've done all these bad things? I deserve to be on the cross, but you know, is there any is there any hope for me?" And Jesus decides to save him. And I remember the woman at the preschool. I think it might have been Mrs. Puffer, but she told us that. She asked us. It was like a question. She said, "Which, 
do you do you think Jesus gave this thief, this bad guy, do you think he helped him? And and all the other kids are like, no, 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 no. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And she said, well, as a matter of fact, he he did. He saved him. And that blew our minds. Like, why would it? Why would Jesus save a bad guy? And she explained because those those were the most attractive to him, because saving their souls, um, giving them hope, giving them an out was so much rewarding, so much more rewarding for him. Um, and that's when I learned about the concept of grace. And that's something we don't see too often anymore. Uh, but it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. My point is, who the fuck are we to judge any of this? And, and, if you're doing it on social media, get, stop. Who, who are we to take away a man's livelihood? If anybody is asking you to hate, if anybody's asking you to hate another person, remember that that person. Remember them. You don't have to take a stance. You don't have to choose a side. My point here at the top of the show is you can like all of these people. You can like all of these flawed people on both sides of the issue. And you can wish them well. The second story uh, out of the gate. It's a story from the United Kingdom in Nigeria. Uh, involves one Ike... I'm going to try this one more time. Ike Ekwermadu and his wife Beatrice Ekwermadu. They were arrested Tuesday at Heathrow International Airport on their way to Turkey, says the Independent. Now, Ike is the former deputy president of the Nigerian Senate. That's kind of a big deal when a country arrests a foreign leader of another country. It's like arresting Ted Cruz or something. Can, can you imagine what would happen? If 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 uh, the Metro Police arrested Ted Cruz on vacation, we should be so lucky. Uh, but seriously, you know, to arrest a, a foreign head of state or even a former one must be pretty serious, right? Well, it it kind of is because the reason they were arrested alleges the United Kingdom is they were transplanting a child to harvest his organs. Oh, my God. They took this child, allegedly, from La uh, Lagos uh, in, in Africa, apparently to get this kid to Turkey for this surgery. And they're going to be charged under anti-slavery laws. Now, there's no word yet on which organs or how many. Did they intend to kill this kid and take all of its organs? So I could live a longer life? Is that what was going on? We don't have the full story yet. They're just saying they were transporting this kid to harvest his organs. And that, I mean, apparently more than one. What worries me about this story, by the way, is whenever you catch somebody doing something, it's never the first time. Somebody must be doing this. There must be a market for this sort of thing, right? So, crazy case there. Here's another one. This case will keep you up at, at night. 
Here's the uh, final story for the top stories this week. Uh, just a little something more to <laughs> for your existential angst. So there's this Russian colonel who was in charge of the nuclear codes and the briefcase for Vladimir Putin. His name is Vadim Zimin. He's 53 years old, according to Metro. He was found shot this week in his home in Krasnogorsk, which is outside Moscow. Found shot near his home on Wednesday. He's, at the moment, as of this this report, is gravely ill in an intensive care. Now, Vadim is retired, technically. He's also facing criminal investigation for allegedly accepting bribes when he worked as a customs official, which in Russia is... It's just what you do as a customs official. Uh, everybody, I think, is is doing it. The Russian media, by the way, is claiming he tried to commit suicide. Uh, now, even though he was retired, he still has access to that nuclear football. At least he did up until about six weeks ago when he was pictured carrying the nuclear codes beside Putin. So this, to me, you know, if I'm reading through the lines here, I mean, you see those situations in Mission Impossible and the James Bond films where shit goes down and they secretly assassinate or try to assassinate some somebody in order to save the day. Hopefully that's what's happened here. And we got the codes away from him. I mean, the other possibility is the bad guys got him. Whoever that may be. Hey, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I will be back in... Two and two with updates on some crazy cold cases and the latest news in genetic genealogy. Stay tuned. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome back to A Different World, starring Kadeem Hardison. I got a cold case update for you. So West Memphis 3, if you follow them. Another setback for the West Memphis 3 yesterday. As you may recall, West Memphis 3 uh, comprised, uh, it comprises of Damian Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. They were the subject of many documentaries after they were wrongfully convicted. Can I say wrongfully convicted after the Alfred plea? I'm not sure. They were convicted which is true, of the murders of Steve Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers, three Boy Scouts uh, who were found murdered uh, years ago. Now, Damien, Jesse, and Jason spent many years in prison until the documentaries made it a, a big deal, and they cut a deal with the prosecutors and accepted a an Alford plea, which is a weird kind of like limbo plea deal for criminal cases. It's where you don't admit guilt, but you admit that the evidence that the state has is enough to put you away. So it's kind of an in-between. Anyways, they accepted this Alfred plea deal in uh, 2011 and were able to get out of prison. And But Damien's still trying to exonerate them because he knows they're they're not guilty. A judge in Arkansas this week, though, denied their motion for new DNA testing of evidence in that case. This is according to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Why? Well, the judge cited a statute that requires petitioners to be in prison when requesting new DNA testing. Sorry, you got out. You can't request it anymore. Sorry. Um, definitely shows the state's scared of what that DNA test might show. I hope we get a, an answer in that case one day. Just a definitive answer. Uh, here's a... This is a really old cold case update, uh, but I love it. This is... And this involves those three guys that may have gotten away from Alcatraz. Alcatraz was that big prison off the coast of San Francisco, supposed to be inescapable. They said, but and we kept like Al Capone there, like the the worst of the worst people that have tried to break out of prison. We put them there so they couldn't get out, because you know if they got out, they were surrounded by the ocean, icy cold waters that were always choppy. Nobody could make it to shore. They said, but U.S. Marshals aren't so sure. This week they released new age progression photos of those three inmates who at least attempted to escape. But we're never found. This is according to Oxygen.com, where you can see the uh, go online. I've got the link at the end here. You can see the age progression photos. 
This happened, there, there would be escape at least, happened June 11th, 1962, now 60 years ago, when Frank Morris and brothers Clarence and John Anglin slipped through vents and left the island on a self-made raft, which was made of raincoats. Morris would be 95 years old now. John would be 92. His younger brother would be 91. They were all bank robbers, by the way. Old-timey bank robbers. Uh, I've talked to a number of marshals over the years, and they really do believe that they managed to escape. There's been pictures of the brothers that looked like they were taken in South America somewhere. They seemed happy. Somebody was sending roses to their mother for a while. So there's some circumstantial evidence that they made it out. But man, what a story would that be? I hope I hope they kept diaries. So uh, if you know where they are, there's still a reward out there. You can make some money. Uh, genetic genealogy news is not good again this week. This is going to be the end of genetic genealogy if we're not careful. These uh, these baby cases, it's like the the third rail of genetic genealogy. Uh, this this case, man. Police in Maine this week arrested 58-year-old Leanne Gourette. Why? Because they did genetic genealogy on a baby that was found in a gravel pit in December 1985. The baby, when it was found, still had its umbilical cord attached, set, and, and the police said it was abandoned immediately after birth, in sub-zero temperatures. Garrett would have been 21 years old in 1985. Nobody knew she was pregnant, not her boyfriend, not her parents. The woman's daughter says that after police contacted her mother, she said she never knew she was pregnant. But one day she was driving. It's December 1985. This is her story. She was driving... And her story's in the Press Herald, by the way, links at the end. She had the strong urge to urinate when she pulled off the road into this gravel pit, got out to urinate, found out that, nope, she's giving birth. Gave birth. She claims it was a stillborn, and she was scared. She thought she had some sort of freak miscarriage. And so she got back in the car and drove away. According to the daughter, the mother cooperated when contacted by police, gave her DNA, thought she'd be ruled out. At first, she didn't even remember the incident. And the police had already tracked down her old boyfriend. They believed that maybe he had helped, didn't think that she could have driven back home on her own, but he showed them transcripts that placed him at a school half a state away at the time. Uh, the daughter says that uh, her mother, who's been charged now at age 58, had a very abusive upbringing. It was a very good mother. This is not, you know, there's been this gentleman's agreement that genetic genealogy, because it, it does step into the Fourth Amendment a little bit, un, unwarranted search and seizure, should only be used in cases of murder, serial murder, and rapes, serial rapes. This is, there's an argument here that this is murder. Unless her story's true. And this baby was a stillborn. I don't know that there's any way we can determine that. So who's telling the truth here? 
Is it murder and, and we should have used genetic genealogy? Was it a stillborn? Should we not have? What's going to happen, and it probably sooner than later, is we're going to trace back one of those those fetuses, one of those those babies, and it's going to end up tracing back to a girl who was like 14 at the time and the baby a product of incest. And then this house of cards that is genetic genealogy is going to crumble because we push the boundaries, because we want it to be political like that. So uh, I'm really worried about that because when it goes away, we're not going to have that tool to find these serious serial killers like uh, Golden State Killer. Uh, <laughs> in, in the subject of weird news, are you keeping up on the Ezra Miller story? It is getting worse and worse every week. I, I really feel for this... Um, they use the pronoun they. Uh, they're, they're gender non, non-conforming, which is great. Uh, I really feel for, for, for Miller here and, and hope he's okay because this is very a very, very public kind of breakdown that's, that seems to be going on. Uh, but again, it gets worse and worse. So here's what, here's, here's, I'm going to get you up to speed. It kind of begins uh, in April of 2020. There's a video that surfaced online that showed Miller choking a woman and throwing her to the ground. The video was confirmed by Variety. It was taken at a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland. Miller happens to go there. By the way, I kind of jumped forward a little bit, but Miller is an actor uh, that you certainly know from films like the... um, Fantastic Beasts series, uh, Perks of Being a, a Wallflower, he was in there. Um, he's the Flash in the DC superhero movies. Just finished filming the Flash movie that looks excellent, but now I'm worried may never come out. Uh, so that started in 2020. And then things got really weird around March of this year. Miller was arrested in Hawaii following a physical altercation with patrons at a karaoke bar about a month later he was taken into custody for second degree assault he had allegedly thrown a chair and hit a 26 year old woman left a cut on her forehead stopped uh, there was a traffic stop Um, he paid a fine there was disorderly conduct and then the shit kind of hit the fan a couple weeks ago the beginning of June where this uh, Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Court issued a temporary restraining order against Miller on behalf of 18-year-old activist uh, Tokata Iron Eyes. Now, this is a young woman who Miller is alleged to have befriended when she was just 12 years old. And she's kind of been under his wing ever since. They're worried about her. Her parents seem to be worried about her. They've um, said that Miller's caused bruises on their child's body, manipulated their child. Uh, Tokata responded by denying all these allegations, by the way. As of June 10th, law enforcement has been unable to locate Miller to serve them with a court order. 
Miller's actually been on Instagram mocking the court's attempts to find them. Now, Rolling Stone might have found them. Uh, just uh, yesterday came out with a report about uh, uh, this. They Rolling Stone's discovered that there's a 25-year-old mother and three of her children living at Miller's farm in Vermont. And the children, there's concern about the children because they've been pictured around unattended guns. There's several serious weapons at the farm. And the one-year-old alleged to have been found with a bullet in their mouth at one point. So would like a nice ending to that story, but it seems more and more unlikely as time goes by. In the world of pop culture, man, I'm so sorry. This this episode seems like such a, <laughs> a downer. Usually, we're you know we're talking about crime, but you know there's there's a nice spin to it, or at least good genetic genealogy news. I'm sure we'll get there next week. Stay with me. Even pop culture is weird this week because the big show that you should be watching is called Leave No Trace, and this is on Hulu. I haven't been able to watch it yet. I will sometime very soon. But it's a little too close at the moment. I got I got to work myself up up to that because it's about the Boy Scouts. I was a, I was big in in the Boy Scouts when I was a teen. Specifically the documentary is about 82,000 former scouts who reported abuse. This all came to light in February 2020. I never reported mine, but it uh it did happen. Um, I was three months into my 11th year. I was 11 years old by three months. I had just turned 11. Um, and it happened at a Boy Scout summer camp. So eventually I will get around to writing about that, I think in the near future, actually. Um, but I haven't talked about it yet. I will, so stay tuned. Um, but it, it affected many, 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 many of us. So uh, I will watch it. You should watch it too. Leave No Trace on Hulu. Let's go to the charts. These are the top true crime podcasts in America, according to Chartable.com. At number one is the uh, execution of Bonnie Lee Blake Bakley. Um, now, uh, first of all, there's a lot of new podcasts in the top 10 this week, which was very exciting to see. We've kind of it kind of stalled there for a while, but I wanted to. There's four here that I'd never heard of before. Number one, at number one, is the execution of Bonnie Lee Bakley. On May fourth, two thousand one, Bonnie Lee Bakley was found fatally shot in a car on a dark North Hollywood street. The prime suspect, her husband, famed actor Robert Blake, but Bonnie, a longtime con artist, had plenty of enemies. She left behind a trail of men she'd scammed. She had a volatile relationship with Christian Brando, the troubled son of movie star Marlon Brando. Not once since the O.J. Simpson case had the eyes of the nation been so fixated on a homicide. I do love me a nice L.A. noir mystery. Number two is The Seduction. Here's the write-up. It's a twisted love story that unspools like a film noir, where lust and obsession lead to murder and a classic double cross. This original series from Dateline's Keith Morrison takes us into the troubled mind of a young man in the cold heart of a woman who needed her husband dead. If only she could find someone man enough to do the deed. 
You had me at Keith Morrison. At number five, Park Predators. Simple write-up. Sometimes the most beautiful places hide the darkest secrets. These are crimes that happen in national parks. And at number seven, Father Wants Us Dead. In 1971, a mild-mannered accountant and Sunday school teacher from New Jersey named John List murdered his wife, mother, and three children, only to disappear and begin a new life entirely on the other side of the country. Now two veteran journalists go inside the mind of the killer, learn about the doomed family, and revisit the 18-year quest to bring List to justice, a saga even more bizarre and twisted than ever previously reported. Uh, so check those out. Um, support a podcast that you've never heard before. That is the news this week, people. I promise it'll be a little lighter next week. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Uh, here's the good news, though. It's Friday. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, that means we gotta, 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 get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a Fearful Symmetry production. Our theme music is Trash Town Boogie by Mr. Smith, used under a Creative Commons license for use in this show. All sources are listed in the liner notes at the end of this episode. If you like the cut of my jib, please check out my other podcast, Philosophy of Crime. Unless quoted directly from a source, all content should be considered the opinion of the host. That's me, James Renner. See you next week.